Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Oh, say Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show. This is breaking news. Life, love, and liberty here. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's the middle of the night on a Friday. I'm tired. I don't know about you. I feel like I'm living in a parallel universe of hell. Oh my gosh. Then the longest two days of my life, for sure. I mean, if you're a conservative and you don't realize that you're being hunted, you might want to come out from under your rock, or better yet, stay there. Stay there. There's one person who's not planning on staying under a rock, no matter how many people accuse him of being crazy or uh, defamatory or inflammatory. Right? Or traitorous or treasonous or all of those things that he actually brought forth in the way of allegations that a whistleblower brought to him. Regarding Vice President Pence being a traitor to the country, along with Chief Justice Roberts having his own indiscretions that were uh, questionable and uh, brought to the light by this whistleblower, Mr. Linwood has um, released portions of, of that interview to the public, but uh, the interview in its entirety has been made available to the Secret Service. So for those of you who are upset with the allegations, I understand many of our idols are being toppled, mine included. Mr. Wood has become a convenient scapegoat for the GOP, otherwise known as the establishment that most Americans at this point are ready to split from, who have affectionately referred to themselves as Republicans. The party is fractured. This is one major reason why. It's very convenient to pin the loss of the two Senate seats on Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood. That is extraordinarily convenient for a group of bloated, slothful, envious, and gluttonous party hacks. There's just no other way to say that. I mean, I'm honest. If you listen to me at all, you know this is who I am. Not going to change. I'm a little bit of a firebrand myself. These are dangerous times we live in. Do you understand that? You do understand that we are on the brink of war. And we're also actually a World War III with a global institution, if you will, a global complex that wants our soil, wants our souls. Spiritual battle, first and foremost. When it comes to the spirit of accusation, it is so egregious to God that he hates a talebearer, hates it. And the words of a talebearer, the Bible says, go down into the innermost parts of the belly and they wound. 
This nation has been lied upon. The accusations are flying right now. President Trump has become a national scapegoat for some of you who were just, I'll never leave. I'll never leave your side. I'm always going to be by President Trump. And then as soon as you don't understand what's going on, we all become, you know, it, some of you are just no better than Judas, but most people have become like Peter. <laughs> Whereas I'm going back to fishing. I don't know that dude. I mean, I got to figure out how to make my life work. What the heck just happened? Did he just abandon us? Well, one person who has never abandoned the cause of liberty has been Lynn Wood. You can love him or hate him. That's actually still your choice for now. Once you hear this call that I'm about to play, I want you to I want you to consider that your freedom of speech is you know, it's been kind of hyperbolic for most people. Well, there goes our first amendment. They're just trying to take our our ability to we you know, we get blocked on Twitter and it's the literally the end of the road for people, right? They're just like, that's it. I'm going to end it all. I can't believe it. I've worked so hard. For my all my followers are gone. You know, that's what we get from monetizing followers, by the way. I don't. Super glad that never worked out for me. But we get upset because we get shut down on Facebook. We're being censored. But I want you to consider something that you're about to hear. And the in the tail bearing that goes on in this call that was supposed to have been a, a private Zoom conference call with faculty and students of Mercer University right here in the great state of Georgia, actually an institution that's been highly regarded, um, you know, beloved institution, quite honestly, which is why it's so egregious. This is why it's so egregious, because these are our finest institutions, all of our little idols that we've, you know, neatly stacked on our desks of our little American lives. Our vice president couldn't be, you know, a traitor. A chief justice, nah, no way. Those allegations could be true. Hillary Clinton, nah, She's become so hyperbolic and a meme unto herself. No one believes anything anymore when you actually provide evidence. The evidence is so egregious, no one wants to believe it. So what do you do? You brainwash an entire class of law students that someone is out of their mind because they're exercising their freedom of speech. You plant the seed of doubt in the guardians of our due process. And you take the ball down to the end zone and you spike that ball in a, in a matter of, of, I don't even know what you would call it. It's some form of grotesque, wicked allegiance that people who are aghast that you would exercise your constitutional rights. That's so un-American of you. The duplicity in this call is going to blow your mind because this is coming from the dean of a college, a university that is manufacturing, that is responsible for training and, and cultivating the mind and the heart and the spirit of people who are going to represent you. Ouch. Who will represent you in a court of law? My apologies. Who will represent you? Who could represent you in a matter of life and death? I want you to think about that. 
These students coming out of law school who don't believe that your constitution has any bearing on your due process could represent you. So I'm playing this for you tonight because this is this is where we are as a nation and we got to get honest. We got to get honest. You, you can't change the direction you're going in and, until you realize and you get honest about where you are. And this is where we are. This is egregious. Mr. Wood not only deserves an apology. I mean, he he not I I'm just I'm going to let you listen for yourself. Okay, this is from this is from Lynn Wood's Telegram account. I learned today that my alma mater, Mercer Law School, was holding a Zoom conference call with faculty and students to discuss demands that my name be removed from a courtroom in the school. The school named the courtroom for me after I made a $1 million donation to the school. I did not seek recognition. I joined the call, unbeknownst to the dean, Kathy Cox, after she falsely slandered me, including references to my relationship with my children, I spoke up. I spoke truth. Judge for yourself after listening to my remarks. Here you go. Face up on the third floor, but it really wasn't all that well built out as a courtroom at the time. We needed a second courtroom. And so it was decided at that point to finish uh building out a new courtroom on the third floor and to name it for Lynn Wood. So all of those terms were worked out and as new lawyers that you all are going to be, a contract was signed to those terms that he would make a gift of a million dollars. That was his consideration. And the law school would name a courtroom for him. That was the exchange that the law school made for his consideration. So we've all had contracts now. That's the most basic form of a contract. Somebody gives something, somebody gets something. There's two sides to a contract. Both sides for the last five years have lived up to the terms of that contract. Uh, There are lots of cases around the country where uh, these types of agreements have been challenged and they have most frequently been upheld by courts as binding agreements. Very simple kind of agreements, but binding agreements nevertheless. So that's first thing I want you to know is that the way the courtroom came about was not that somebody one day decided hey, Lynn Wood is a very successful defamation lawyer. Let's honor him. Let's put his name on a courtroom that we could just decide tomorrow to take it off. Uh, It's much more complicated because we actually have a binding agreement that contains terms that we would have to be breaking an agreement uh, if we decide to take his name off because he has lived up to his terms of the agreement. That agreement did not contain any terms that some schools put into donor agreements that say, for example, we'll keep your name on there for 10 years or we will, or some term, uh, we will keep your name on there unless you commit some conduct or offense we deem uh, inappropriate or inconsistent with the mission and vision of this uh, institution. 
that sometimes those are called morals clauses or a conduct unbecoming type language. So we're having a little contract drafting uh, session here, and there was no provision put into this contract that gave the university an out that said, we'll name this courtroom for you as long as we think you're doing good things or as long as we like what you're doing or as long as we think you're a reputable lawyer. There was no language in there whatsoever like that. So it was just a very simple cut and dried agreement. You give money to the law school, use it any way you want to, and the law school will name a courtroom for you. So those are the first considerations that have obviously been under consideration by the president. Uh, those kind of agreements get signed by the president of the university and the donor. Uh, they don't even get signed by the dean or by Ms. Leslie Cadle, who is our fundraiser. Um, those get signed by the president of the university. And so this decision to do anything with respect to the name of the, the courtroom is not a decision for me to make. Uh, it's not a decision for the faculty to, to vote on or, or make. It's not a decision for the student body uh, to make. It is a decision for the president and, based on a conversation I had yesterday with the president, for the trustees of the university. Because as President Underwood said to me yesterday, this university has been around for 188 years and we've never taken the name of any person off of a building after we named it for them. And so he believes, and the way he is approaching this is that the university trustees need to have a discussion about this and decide from a policy perspective, are they going to come up with a policy that would authorize him uh, to take names off of a building after their name for somebody and under what circumstances would the university do that? Um, so he, uh, at this point, not ready to go make that decision at all because he has not yet had a meeting with the trustees. Uh, throughout the fall, we have been discussing the situation. Um, I have been monitoring uh, Lynn Wood's Twitter account for probably since I've been here uh, because I've known Lynn Wood for probably 25 years uh, at least. My husband has probably known him for 40 years. They've had cases together and against each other and have been friends for uh, all of those years. Um, I actually hired Lynn Wood to represent me when I was Secretary of State because I had to uh, deal with an organization in the state that was defaming me uh, because I had fired one of my employees in the Secretary of State, and they were mad about it. And so they took out after me and started writing things about me that were false. And so I had to hire a, a defamation lawyer, and I thought Lynn was the best there was. And so I hired him to represent me to get those people to sort of cease and desist. And, you know, he got their attention, um, needless to say. I think he's, a, he's been a great lawyer, uh, a very successful,
successful lawyer, and, and I would think anybody pretty much would say one of the very most successful defamation and libel lawyers in the country. Um, and because I have known him for so long, uh, uh, and I have watched his Twitter feed, and over the three and a half years that I've been here at Mercer, and he was one of the first people to congratulate me when I got the dean's job. He was so happy I was coming here. Um, over the last three and a half years, he sent me text, you know, about random things he's doing. I go and visit with him about these gifts that he's making. Um, you know, I've, I've kept in fairly close uh, contact with him. Um, but I have observed noticeable changes in his uh, um, conduct and behavior uh, over the last year uh, that concern me, that concern me for his wellness, uh, that concern me for his health, because what I have observed is not what I believe to be characteristic of him, uh, his personality, uh, his, his quality of legal work, um, all of these things really concern me about what is going on with him. Um, and I'm, I'm no psychologist or psychiatrist, uh, but it is, it is really troubling to me to see the, the significant sort of downturn. Uh, his Twitter account went from the summer uh, of, you know, really just a, a supercharged uh, Trump supporter, which he has been uh, since 2016. I, I had lots of discussions with him in 2016 because he was a Trump supporter then. Uh, he did not like Hillary Clinton. Um, I had lots of arguments with him about that. So he was not just a, you know, come to the party lately Trump supporter, as some people have tried to make him out to be. He, he supported Trump very strongly since 2016. But since the summer of this past summer, his Twitter account just went from the, the, the supercharged Trump supporter to the angry Trump supporter to the insane to the, the violent uh, tweets. And, and I've never seen things like that uh, come out of him before. And to now have had, as many of you may know, uh, a court in Delaware has revoked his Prohac Vici designation. You have to get admitted to practice in another state. Courts have to approve you. And a court revoked that so that he cannot represent a client in that state. Uh, and the court reamed him for his uh, um, erratic work in other states, posts on social media, and his, quote, shoddy legal work. And, you know, a quality lawyer would be probably, in my view, so embarrassed by that that they would probably go under a rock to try to repair their reputation. And it shocked me that he didn't do that, that he, you know, sort of argued back with the judge and like, hey, what's wrong? Uh, made a typo here and there. And it certainly was not a typo here and there. Um, he's got sanctions motions pending him against him in Maryland, I mean, in uh, Michigan. Um, and he has now put out in the social media stream, whatever platform he's on now, that he claims that the state bar of Georgia uh, may be about to take disciplinary action against him. Um, so 
you know, this is all extremely troubling as to what is going on with him. So there is that issue. And President Underwood and I have talked about what kind of issue is going on with him there. Uh, He's had not the closest relationship with his children over the years. And so I don't know whether uh, his family is not able to get him to some help uh, or into a situation of better wellness. I don't have any knowledge about what's going on there, but I'm concerned about that. Um, And so I had not heard from him um, at all since October, um, whereas I used to get text from him every month or two until yesterday. And uh, he sent me texts yesterday that were pretty mad. He had heard from somebody that we were thinking about taking his name off the courtroom, and he was pretty angry about it. Um, And he reminded me, you know, that he stood up for me when people were defaming me. And, you know, I'm glad he, he texted me because it gave me the opportunity to say, hey, you know, my husband Mark and I are really worried about you. And I'm glad to hear from you. And yes, we are getting a lot of concerned uh, alumni, students, and faculty about what is going on with you. Um, But no decision has been made. And the president says he is going to be thoughtful and patient in trying to make this decision. Um, And so, you know, he, he went back and forth with me a little bit and I think calmed down when, when I you know, told him that I, no decision had been made and that I'm concerned about him and that kind of thing. Dean Cox? So, yeah. Dean Cox, <clears throat> you're not accurately portraying the text messages that I sent you. Oh, Lynn's on the call. I am on the call and right. I am embarrassed for the profession of law that you're practicing right now. You did not. You did not. You did not come to me and ask me at any time over the past year. Express to me any concerns about me. You're taking what has been used as propaganda to attack me, without even giving me the courtesy of due process. I want your students to keep in mind the following. I have exercised my right of free speech. Some people believe in Trump, some people don't. I hope we all believe in the right of free speech. I have also actively sought as a lawyer to pursue evidence... ...overwhelming evidence of what I believe was election fraud, both in the state of Georgia and across the nation. I've been joined in that investigation with a number of very skilled and professional lawyers. I've also been joined in that investigation with General Michael Flynn, who served his country for 30 years. He's a fine man. The only other thing I've done is that I have been uh, privy to receiving information which I investigated for credibility that would show some very dark corruption in high-ranking members of our government. I would think it is a lawyer's duty when presented with that information and deem credible to bring it to the public's attention. I've also brought it to the attention of the Secret Service. I personally 
resent your comments about my mental health. I have been to my physician on a regular basis and my mental health is sound. What did change with my children and what has changed with some people's attitude toward me is that two and a half years ago, I, as I say, it got tapped on the shoulder by God and I became a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ. Some people uh, don't like that. Some people think that when you follow Jesus, you're crazy. They even call Jesus crazy. So, I'll remind everyone here and then I'll be quiet. Back in the days of Jesus, he threatened the power of Caesar because millions of people were following him. Caesar had him brought up on a false charge of blasphemy for Caesar's agenda. And on that one agenda, they whipped the crowd into a frenzy. And people said, he's crazy. He's guilty. Let's kill him. They did. But in the process of that frenzy, they overlooked the body of his life's work. That he had healed millions of people. That he had performed more miracles, and as the disciple John said, there wasn't enough paper to record them all. So when you now attack me, because I may not be on the right side of your political views, I think you ought to stop and think about the body of my life's work. The Delaware judge, the home state of Joe Biden, sua sponte raised questions about pro hoc visi, and I responded and said I did not want to create a problem for Carter Page, who was my client, and I would be happy to simply withdraw my pro hoc request. The judge agreed. <clears throat> and then despite that agreement, which I made not because of wrongdoing, but because I did not want my interest to be ahead of the client's, I put Carter's interest ahead of mine, the judge nonetheless issued an order. And he pointed out in that order that I had had a lawsuit in Georgia, just, I, had had, I had had a lawsuit dismissed in Georgia and I, and, I, and I pointed out, and I pointed out to the judge that lawyers should not be disciplined for losing a motion to dismiss. I was the plaintiff. The, the, the second, the second, the second, the second issue the judge raised was that there were mistakes in pleadings in Michigan and Wisconsin. I was not a counsel of record in either of those cases. The city of Detroit intervened in the Michigan case and did so to bring sanctions against Sidney Powell and me and the other lawyers. I was not counsel of record. I didn't prepare the pleadings. I had told Sidney that she could use me in the case if she needed a trial lawyer. And I pointed out to the Delaware judge that for goodness sakes, if lawyers make mistakes, I don't think we want to set the standard of perfection that would allow lawyers to be penalized for that. I believe the Delaware ruling was political. The State Bar of Georgia has not moved to rescind my license. I've had two complaints filed, which I will be responding to in the next week to 10 days. In my view, 
they are frivolous and they are brought for political purposes to attack the messenger. You see, if you can't attack the message, you try to attack the messenger. My children and I have been alienated over the past year. I believe that as Jesus said when they asked, do you come to unite us? He said, no, I came to divide you, father against son, son against father, five brothers and sisters, three against two, two against three. He came to divide us between believers and non-believers. My children, I do not believe from what they tell me, have formed a faith and belief in God yet, so we are divided. But if you saw the exchange of text and emails that I have sent to my children periodically, expressing my love for them, while they were concerned about my mental health, they haven't come to see me. They haven't come to check on me. Neither of you, Dean Cox. So, if you want to take my name off of the building or the courtroom, I told you in my email and my text, and I'll be glad to read it because you characterize it as angry, and it was not. I have it in front of me. It was polite. I simply said, if you want to wash yourselves clean of me for the agenda at the moment, then you ought to make your hands completely clean and give me my money back. I don't want to see Mercer embroiled in this controversy, but your lawyers now and in the future have to be zealous. They have to pursue truth, even if truth is unpopular. They have to seek justice, even if justice ends up being denied by a court or a jury. What you're doing in trying to now attack me is you're sending the wrong message to your law school students and to your profession. Don't take on the unpopular cause. Don't take on the controversial cause. Don't exercise your right to free speech. Don't pursue evidence that points to an illegal election. And don't ever reveal corruption Levels that include the vice president and the Supreme Court justice, chief justice. I am happy to provide to Mercer University a several-hour interview from a former member of the Department of Homeland Security, a whistleblower, a man who had courage even over the threat of death to his wife and his family, that documented everything I have said about Chief Justice Roberts, Vice President Pence, and many other people. Do you want me to send that to Mercer so that you can see the truth and evaluate yourself whether there is corruption in high places? You think my behavior in the past year has been odd? I disagree with you. My behavior in the last year has been in the finest traditions of the profession of law. It was only last January when I spoke at Mercer for two hours in a speech that was online and most everyone that's seen it said it stood for the highest principles of our profession. Subsequent to that time, I settled a case for Nicholas Salmon against CNN for an undisclosed amount of money. Subsequent to that time, I settled a case with the Washington Post for an undisclosed amount of money. And yet you tell me my law career has gone downhill. I challenge you because you are not telling the truth. You have slandered me in this meeting. I'm ashamed that, that you would do that behind my back 
in front of the people that are my colleagues. I think you and Mercer University need to stop and think twice about what you're doing because I think that you are jeopardizing the integrity of your school and the integrity of our profession. I think they're going to rename the courtroom. They're what? They're what? I, I, I hope I, I hope I, uh, Dean Cox, I hope I got my words in. I don't, I don't really have anything else to add to it. I think I've made my points, but I'm happy to answer any question that you have or any question that any uh, student uh, in the school or, or faculty member has. In the past year, I have purchased three properties in South Carolina where I now am building a bed and breakfast where I'm running an equine facility and a, and a rescue facility, a facility for rescue puppies. And you tell me my behavior has been inappropriate. I don't think you know the facts, but I think that you've allowed yourself to get caught up in the propaganda designed to attack the messenger because people either don't like the truth of my message or they disagree with my message. Everybody that wants to be a lawyer should support me and not demean me and try to make me something that I am not now and have not been over the 44 years of my law practice. I'm the same lawyer in person now that I was then. The only thing that's really changed has been my firm and growing faith in God. Mercy University should support that faith. It did when I went, was there as an undergraduate and as a law student. So I'm happy to Mr. answer Wood. any questions that y'all have. Mr. Wood, this is Braden, this is Braden Copeland. I'm a, I'm a 2L. And I just have a, a question or maybe um, something that you could explain. Uh, and that is how, um, in the way that you've behaved on social media and what you've posted on social media, these would be calling people liars and calling for a firing squad for the vice president of the United States. How is that behavior... This exemplary the way, at least I believe, this institution should be teaching uh, new law students uh, to behave. <clears throat> Have you looked back at how the Patriots uh, spoke and conducted themselves in 1776? Sometimes you use rhetorical hyperbole, Braden. I, <clears throat> I did not, because I know the law of defamation, I did not call for the, for the assassination or the death of Vice President Pence. I made a comment that they opened the doors to the Capitol. I said, they're all traitors. Get the firing squads out. Pence first. Now, just in the past three months, our government has noted publicly that we still utilize firing squads. Treason has as one penalty a firing squad. I believe, as a matter of opinion, based on fact, that Vice President Pence has committed treason. I have documented evidence that he also did that in 2017 with Rod Rosenstein. Treason is treason. For me to make the point of how strongly I felt about the fact that he was guilty of treason, I used rhetorical hyperbole suggesting not that somebody go out and shoot him, but that he be subject to the penalty that the law imposes for treason. I don't control firing squads. Only, only the government does. So you've, I think you've looked at some of the things that have been said about that tweet, and you're influenced by the 
interpretations that others have placed on it. I have not been charged with any crime. I have met extensively with the Secret Service. There's no charge brought against me. I'm not a threat to anybody. I've lived in a life of nonviolence. And I have always said, and in my tweets, when I, found, when I set up hashtag Fight Back Foundation to protect the Constitution, because I felt like it was under attack and we needed to make sure we didn't lose it uh, now or in the future. I made it very clear that when I used the term fight back, it wasn't physical. I believe, though, that in, in what Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. believed in. I believe in nonviolent civil disobedience. You won't find anything in my life where I've ever made any statement that could be construed to ask for violence on another person. That's not who I am, haven't been, and I'm not now. So, okay. let me say one more thing. You you said you said a, but you said another number. You said another. You said uh, Well, I think you're talking to the person that's on trial. You ought to you ought to want to hear from me. No, I, I'm not saying how you should behave, but I remember there were some people that fought for our freedom against the King of England. I have, if Kathy has looked over my tweets, as she said she has, months ago, I said that I felt like we were in a color revolution as I watched the increasing censorship, which now has become almost complete censorship. I thought we were in a color revolution that was not designed to elect an official, but was in effect designed to overthrow our government. Now, if I see that happening... I'm stop you right there, because... But can you just can, give me one second, please? Um, so this conversation today is about, about our law school. This isn't really... It's about Lynn Wood. It's about Lynn Wood. Yes, it is. It's not how Lynn Wood pertains to our law school. It's about my name and my reputation, which Kathy Cox has just besmirched with false statements about me. Well, it's about your name, yes, sir. It's about your reputation. It's also about your actions. Now, my actions um, have been nonviolent, and they have been consistent with the rule of law. I have advocated the rule of law and the Constitution all my life. I would appreciate if you gave me the opportunity. I'm happy to do so. Let me kind of wrap it up here. Why do you want to wrap it up, Kathy? I'm just telling you the truth. Don't you want your students to hear the truth? I'm glad you, I'm, I'm glad you joined us, Lynn, and I'm glad that you were able to Well, let me answer. I, I didn't mean to interrupt Braden. I'm, I'm happy to let him finish, and I'll answer anybody's questions. I have nothing to hide. I have told the truth. When I have said that people are lying, that's been the truth, and I have documented evidence to support it. As you said, I'm a defamation lawyer. I don't make statements that are accusatory if I don't have proof of it, because I know what it does to people, and I wouldn't do that to someone else. I've seen it done to my clients. These students know, because many of them contacted me uh, in reading a lot of your tweets uh, over since the fall, that my earlier messages to them were that we are lawyers. We defend the First Amendment as well. We defend even speech that we find offensive, and that you know, we're taking their comments under advisement. I'm sending them and sharing them with the president who will make this decision with the board of trustees. But that as lawyers, we understand political speech, even when somebody finds it reprehensible, if that would be the case. And the situation we're in now is not too different, but that there is no decision made about the courtroom has not 
Kathy, Kathy, I, I, I told you in my text, Kathy, I didn't want to create trouble for Mercer, and if y'all wanted to take my name off, I, 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 that was fine with me, that if you wanted to wash your hands of me, but I did say that if you want to wash your hands, that you ought to give me back the money I've given you that led to the courtroom contract being issued. I'm not here to get Mercer University embroiled in a controversy. I love the school. That's why I volunteered to give the school a million dollars. And nothing has changed about my feelings about the school. But what does hurt me, professionally and personally, that this conversation has been going on about me and nobody's bothered to call me or talk to me about it. Nobody's bothered to get my side. You're making statements about my mental health that are medically proven to be false, Kathy. You've omitted my faith in God and the reality that it does divide people, sometimes, sadly, even families. But I could have shown you the numerous emails and texts that I have sent to my children. Now, I have made my point clear. This doesn't have to go on and, and get Mercer embroiled in controversy. Give me back the money I gave you and take my name off. But if down the road you find that what I have said turns out to be true, how are you going to feel? Well, certainly that's why the president, has, in his discussions with me, has not at all wanted to take any kind of knee-jerk reaction. He, also being a lawyer, wants to understand what is going on, and this will be a ongoing, thoughtful, patient discussion that is not going to be made quickly. Well, the, the problem I have with that, Kathy, is that I listened to you and I recorded what you said about me. You didn't investigate it. You didn't have the courtesy to give me due process to explain my side of the story. And you made very serious accusations, including referring to me as insane. Now, you should know better as a lawyer that if you're going to make that type of factual statement, you need to have some hard evidence to support it other than the disagreement with the words I speak. Oh, I've got, I, I, I recorded, you said I've been acting in with, I've got the recording, we don't have to fight about that. But I'm disappointed in you personally and professionally that you would engage in what amounts to be a back behind the scenes witch hunt without giving a person who is a lawyer to come and sit and talk with you and to answer your questions and to show you the evidence. Would you like to see and have me send to the president of Mercer the multi-hour interview of a legitimate whistleblower that talks about the level of pedophilia and even attempts to murder other Supreme Court justices and efforts to overthrow our government in 2017? Would you like for me to put that whistleblower's evidence in front of Mercer so that you can fully evaluate whether my accusations were baseless or whether they were in the finest tradition of a lawyer seeking to reveal corruption in government, albeit at the highest levels of government? Would you like for me to send it to you, Dean Cox? I'll be, I'll be happy to receive it. I will send it to you next week. And then you can expose it, and maybe you will join me in demanding that there be an investigation into the actions of the vice president, into the actions of Rod Rosenstein, Hillary Clinton, as they relate to Justice Scalia, 
with respect to the adoption of children through Jeffrey Epstein. I've got the evidence, Dean Cox. I just don't think that people want to accept it as true because it is shocking. But the truth has to come out. As they say in the Bible, every lie will be revealed. So I'm happy to reveal that truth to the school and I'll send it next week. But as far as my name goes, as far as my name goes, I think you and I and the president should have a discussion so that I have a complete understanding of how the school, a law school, has handled this situation. And whether you believe in, the, in free speech, whether you believe in due process, whether you believe in fundamental fairness, because if you don't, I do not want my name associated with your school. I'll be happy to take it. I've told Dean Cox to give me back the five hundred thousand I paid so far. Take my name off. You've already hurt me. You've already hurt my reputation with these actions. You've already hurt my reputation in the comments you've made with people today. I'm happy to send you the evidence, including all of the filings that have been made on election fraud and these frivolous complaints against me that have been lodged, and to send you the whistleblower evidence. I'll send that to you next week. But you can end the misery now. Simply, we can have a meeting with me and you and the president, and y'all can agree to take my name off, refund the money I gave you. I tried to help you. Apparently, when I spoke out in a way that y'all didn't agree with, you didn't need my help anymore, and you didn't want my name anymore, and so let's just go back to square one, and then the controversy will be over, won't it? just spoke. Well, well, Braden, let me say something, son. I, I'm, I'm 68 years old, been practicing law 44, almost 44 years. But what I heard you say was you didn't like the way I acted. I, I, I don't know what you're comparing that to, that you would have done it differently. You know, we're a country where people have freedom. I did not advocate the murder of the vice president. You see, that's the misinterpretation that's an interpretation that you've placed on my speech. It's, it's I I know exactly what I wrote. I'm, I listen. I'm, I know exactly what I wrote. I believed when I wrote it, it was rhetorical hyperbole. Nobody would believe that I could command a firing squad. I was making a point that the pres the vice president was guilty of treason, and I'm telling you what you don't want to hear. I have hard, credible evidence to support my statement. Do you do you want to see it before you jump to the conclusion that I'm wrong? Mr. Wood, Mr. Wood, you've had plenty of opportunities to present all of your accusations to federal courts across this country. I did no, no, I didn't. No, no, wait a minute. No, I didn't. No, you listen to me for a second. No, wait a minute, son. No, wait a minute. You just made a statement. Let me just respond. I have filed two lawsuits with respect to Georgia. One of them was dismissed. One of them was dismissed for lack of standing. They did, those lawsuits were not about fraud. They were about an interpretation 
that says you can't change the law, the rules of a, of a, a federal election held in a state except by the legislature. In Georgia, it was done by the Secretary of State in a consent agreement. I challenge those legally. Sidney Powell has filed a number of lawsuits regarding election fraud. I've seen the mass of evidence that supports it. It's also supported by the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. So, I told her I would sign on to those cases when she asked in case she needed a trial lawyer. In none of those cases has any court reviewed that evidence. They've thrown it out for reasons dealing with standing. Have you looked? Have you looked? Have you? You should look. Now you listen. You listen to me, please. I'm trying to be polite to you. Go watch. You, let, let me just. Well, you, now you didn't let me finish, son. You didn't let me finish. Go watch the movie Killer Chains. Look at Judge Amy Totenberg's order from October of 2020 where she delineated all of the areas where the Dominion machines were susceptible to fraud and concluded in October of 2020, it's not a matter of if it will happen, it's a matter of when it will happen. It happened three weeks later. I know the facts, and I haven't said anything. Well, I'm, I'm being accused of filing frivolous lawsuits, and nobody looks at them and knows the facts. We're going to wrap this up. We're going to wrap this I'm up. I'm still ready. I, I interrupted the young man, Kathy. Let, let him. I, I apologize, sir. Go ahead and to make your point. If you care about this law school, if you care about a reputation, then you will dissociate from us. Because if you truly don't have any mental health issues, then you will realize what this is doing to our law schools. You're not only affecting your reputation with your false allegations, you're affecting all of our reputations. We are going to graduate from this law school. Okay, when people research this school, they're going to see your name on the program. Okay, if you truly care about the school, take your name off of our courtroom. All right. Without with being caught. All right. Without with the president. Get it done. All right, let me, let me say this to you. If Kathy goes back and looks at my Twitter page, and I believe I said it on Parlor too, I had serious concerns about our freedoms, our constitutional rights. And I said that I pledged my life, my fortune, and my sacred honor to my fellow citizens to make sure that we didn't lose our freedoms. If in the process so far I've, <laughs> I've had my life threatened by many people, serious threats. I've certainly taken a significant financial hit and my sacred honor has been basically destroyed. But if you go back, look at a Paul Harvey YouTube video of what happened to the signers of the Declaration of Independence who took the same pledge of their lives, their fortunes, and their mutual and their sacred honors. Many of them lost their lives. Many of them lost their uh, Fortunes, many of them lost their sacred honor, but because of what those men did in 1776, you, young man, breathe the fresh air of liberty every day. And you ought to applaud someone who has the willingness to put it all on the line so that you can continue and your children and your grandchildren can continue to, to breathe the fresh air of liberty. Because if you're not willing to put it all on the line, you're going to lose it. Look at what's happening in this country right now. I served in the Army. 
Army for 10 years. Then you ought to know that your duty is to defend, protect the Constitution of the United States and the people of the United States. And I am... And, and that's exact that's that's exactly that's exactly what I've tried to do. We just disagree right now on who the enemy is. That's our right yeah, because, as Americans. Because listen, your information your information led to an attack. No, it did not. I didn't tweet that until I didn't tweet that until after that it already happened, young man. It didn't lead to it, it couldn't aggravate, you can't aggravate something by posting something hours after it happened. Your misinformation aggregated and built up. Come on, are you serious? I didn't, I didn't ask anybody to go to Washington, D.C. I didn't go myself. I didn't say anything to anybody about going anywhere up there and doing anything. I commented after the fact. You, you, I do think I understand how it works. When you say I instigated something, when I wrote something hours after it happened, I think you got it backwards. It's you, Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani, everyone who's spreading false information about this election. I, I'm, happy to, I'm, happy, I'm happy to send you all of the evidence that we have, and then when you've looked at it, then tell me if you think we've been spreading false information. I disagree with you. I've seen the evidence. You haven't. Right. So go ahead and share that evidence with us. And, and I, I'm going to send. I'm going to send. I've tried to present it. Sydney's tried to present it in federal court, and they won't let her. It wasn't in my two cases. My cases dealt with the law about the legislature only can set the requirements of a federal election in a state, not the secretary of state by a consent agreement. The fraud cases have not been my cases. They've been, I've been offered to let Sydney use my name if she needed to. But in the two cases where we're being attacked, we weren't even of record. There's an agenda at work here. I know what it is. Attack the messenger. But I'm, Kathy, I'm, if you text me, Kathy, and Kathy, if you'll text me and give me the addresses, next week I will deliver to you all of the evidence of election fraud all of the evidence related to these charges being made against me that are frivolous, and I'll send you the, this multi-hour tape of the whistleblower. I would recommend that everybody at Mercer Law School listen to that whistleblower's testimony, and then you judge me. And there you have it. I mean, if there's not a a greater example of a Christ-like response to defamation, character assassination, um, slander. I don't know what is. I mean, I, I heard, th- I'm not a law student and, and I heard that, um, this evening and thought to myself, wow. I mean, that needs to be every law school in the country should study the example that Lynn Wood just gave us, and even as as everyday individuals, when you're being unjustly accused 
you are literally being sentenced. You're being tried and, and you're being indicted, tried and, and sentenced without your presence. Nevertheless, um, it's, I don't, I, it's so egregious in the Bible. So right that, that the words of a talebearer go down the innermost parts of the belly which is where your spirit is and causes wounds. And, and we as a nation have listened to more lies. Even now you're being asked to accept a lie as a nation, right? And it's so damaging. It does damage to our spirits. I, I want to point something out to you. I was tempted to, man, his words were just so, Golly, I mean, that's the stuff that movies are made of right there. And and there was nothing scripted about that. That is, that is Lynn in typical Lynn fashion. I've had enough private conversations with him to know that if you're, if you're going to step up, then you better step up with the facts and you better not step up with nonsense because if something doesn't make sense, then it just doesn't make sense. And he's just not going to have it. I mean, you, you have to defend your stance on something, which is what he did and with such poise and elegance and something that I think we should all aspire to. More importantly, um, you know, he has offered to bring the evidence forward for the school to see, for Kathy Cox to see. I know the students sounded interested to see what the evidence is of the whistleblower. And, 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 and sadly, I got to tell you, from my own perspective and what, I'm, what I've witnessed with my own party members and, and people I've broken bread with and people I would consider friends, right? Um, it doesn't matter what you show people. They've made a decision. They've made it in spite of the evidence. They've made a decision. Um, and, and the evidence doesn't matter. We live in the day and age where you have conservative talk show hosts telling you that a signed affidavit is not, um, is not evidence as if it's not admissible in a court of law. Armchair constitutional, uh, you know, warriors, legal eagles from the comfort of their microphones who have never practiced in a court of law a day in their life telling you that an affidavit is not, a sworn affidavit is not evidence. It doesn't matter. It's amazing the, the world we live in. But these are these are the things I want to point out to you. These are some of the highlights that I took away from Kathy Cox building her case against Mr. Wood. I've watched his Twitter feed. I have watched, I'm sorry, I've watched his Twitter feed. I know him. I mean, we've been close friends. I'm so concerned. This really concerns me. That that word, that term concern was used several times. I'm really concerned for him. His mental capacity really concerns me. I mean, it makes me question his mental capacity, personality changes, the quality of his work. I mean, it makes I'm concerned. Should his family get him help? I mean, his credibility 
gosh, any other attorney worth his weight, you know, any quality lawyer, she says, would go under a rock after having been chastised by the court. But he stood up and defended himself. (laughs) God forbid. But we're friends. I'm concerned. Let me tell you something. This is a dean of a college. I'm going to reiterate this. This is a dean of a respected university, the College of Law, respected, especially in the state of Georgia. This was his alma mater, gave a million dollars to that school, or he pledged a million dollars, I believe. He said he had given up to 500000 so far. And I loved it when he said, I tell you what, if these are the values that, that you value as an institution, I don't want my name on your school. Amen, Mr. Wood. Amen. Now, I have a copy of the text sequence um, between Mr. Wood and Ms. Cox. And I'm going to read them to you because I have permission to do so by Linwood. I'm going to start from the top. I learned that Kathy Cox, dean of Mercer Law School, had scheduled a Zoom conference for students and faculty to discuss demands that my name be removed from the school's trial courtroom. I decided to participate in the conference without announcing my presence. After Dean Cox misrepresented a polite text I had sent her about the controversy yesterday, attacked my mental health, and brought my children into her argument against me, I decided to speak up. She described my text to her as, quote, angry, as an angry exchange, to which she, quote, calmed me down. Here are the texts from yesterday. Number one, my text to Mrs. Cox. Hey, stranger, hope you're doing okay in these difficult times. I understand Mercer will be working to remove its association with me. A poor decision, but I get it. In order to cut the tie, though, I would expect that Mercer would return the money I have donated to date so that Mercer can say it has fully washed its hands of me. In other words, you cannot be clean if you take off you cannot be clean if you take off my name and demean me while still keeping my money. I trust you understand. I also hope that the time will come when Mercer will realize that jumping on the frenzy on the moment was a mistake because it ignored the body of my life's work as a professional. Love you. Pray for our country. God bless you and Mark. Lynn. There's an emoji of praying hands, a heart, and the American flag. His follow-up text to her yesterday. If it helps avoid conflict and controversy in the school, which I do not want to see happen, I am willing to simply agree that Mercer can return my donations and remove my name from the courtroom. As you contemplate your decision, I would ask you, I would ask that you personally go back and listen to my remarks at the Legends speech. I am the same person now that I was then. I'm simply exercising my First Amendment rights to express my political views and protect honest elections. I have seen the evidence. It is overwhelming. Again, God bless you, Lynn. Praying emoji hands, heart, American flag. 
P.S. Remember, I stood up for you when you were falsely attacked. I did not allow myself to fall for the misrepresentations and efforts to demean you. It will not play well in the long term for Mercer to attack and demean a man who openly acts based on the teachings in the Bible and faith in God. Are you a principled person or a preferential person? Your choice. I pray you choose wisely. This is Kathy Cox's response to him via text. Hey, Lynn, I'm glad to hear from you. Mark and I have been concerned about you. I would really like to talk to you about what is going on. The law school is getting requests from various alumni, student, and faculty groups about the courtroom name because your communications of late have not been characteristic of you and what we know of you. That's exactly why I have kept your legal legend speech and video of your visit to Pat Longan's class. Sorry, lost my spot. Um, give me a second. Give me a second. <laughs> I love technology. All right, there we are. Uh, visit Pat Longan's class up on our website so people could see more of who we know you to be. And decisions about this are far above my pay grade and would only be made by the president. He's talked to me about it, but expressed a desire to be patient and thoughtful in trying to figure out what was going on with you. In text. Her next text to me. I care about and respect you far too much to rush into anything that would be hurtful to you. You've certainly been a friend to me and to Mark and certainly to this law school, end quote. This is his response to her. Thanks, Kathy. I am the same person now I have always been. My efforts with others like General Flynn have required that I place myself at risk to a certain degree to expose truth. I promise you that I have credible and significant evidence to support every public statement I have made. I know defamation law. The nation is in turmoil and our constitutional rights are at risk. I knew going in that I would take plenty of hits. But I pledged my life my fortune, and my sacred honor to lawfully fight for liberty. I never break my word. Keep me posted. God bless you. Now, the attacking the messenger is something that I want you to pay attention to because this is something that you're going to have to contend with in the coming days. People like Lynn Wood are not the only people with what I refer to as bounties on their heads. There are digital bounty players at, at, at work. The, these are people who have been summoned by very dark forces to root you out as a conservative, as a Trump supporter. I have had to... Um, I've been up against some of this myself this week. And can I tell you something? God Almighty, there is nothing worse in this world as an American citizen, nothing, than, be, than being accused of, of being unpatriotic because of your love for justice, due process, and liberty, and your Constitution. There's nothing worse than that as a citizen, as a patriot. There's nothing worse than that. And to 
defile someone's character. Demean is not strong enough of a word. To defile and desecrate someone's character by virtue of their mental capacity being questioned before the world and and substantiating it with, but we're, I know it's so weird. Like we're friends. I can't believe he would stand for the first amendment. I can't believe he would put his life and his, his children and his grandchildren and his, his fortune, everything he vowed, he pledged to, to the nation for the cause of liberty. I can't believe he would do that. I can't believe he would stand with your ability to speak freely and to seek justice and due process as the dean of a law school, of a notable uh, education, uh, uh, an institution. I can't believe he would do that. We're such great friends. I'm so astounded. I'm just mortified. Do you understand the cognitive dissonance this, that with which you're dealing, the level with which you're dealing, America? Now imagine those students, and you pay for it as parents, by the way. You pay for this mess. You pay for the indoctrination of our fellow citizens who will end up in a court of law on, on, the, on the bar deciding the fates of our fellow countrymen and some of us. And they've, they have, oh, I get such a horrible vision of just like rabid, froth-mouthed hyenas, dogs, just, just waiting rabidly to take someone down because they had an opinion and because they exercised it and because they had facts that they brought forward, they had evidence to bring forward. Facts are not facts. Evidence isn't evidence. Truth are lies or is lies. Lies are truth. Um, you know, the sun is the moon. The moon is the stars and the ocean rests in the mountains. I mean, I hear you. I hear you, America. I wanted to play that whole thing for you because this is a pivotal moment in the history of the world, not just this nation. I said it on a show just yesterday that you can find on everywhere, on my social media platforms. I said, this is, this is a battle for the, for the souls of every living, breathing person on this planet. That's what's happening right now. And we are the light on the hill that the enemy of all liberty and justice and truth, the father of accusation and lies, he is betting on the fact that he can snuff our light out. And with institutions like this, and, and with this type of a conversation from leadership, not allowing for a man or woman to be present, to fend for themselves, to, 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 I mean, I don't even know what you would be on trial for in this case. I mean, just a rabid, froth, mouth-filled school. I mean, how shameful 
that someone who served in the military, that last young man for 10 years of his life, had no idea what the hell he was defending. That's pretty pathetic. I'm going to leave you with that. My heart is grieved, just like the rest of you. I am so proud of our military. I'm so proud of every single man and woman who slept on the floor of the halls of our Congress on a concrete floor and shoved off into like a basement facility by this farce faux administration. I don't know what it is at this point, some alternate universe we're all called to live in at the moment. I'm calling you to stand. I'm calling you to stand in the mind of Jesus Christ. He will defend you. He will advocate on your behalf. That's who he is. He is your defender. He defends the truth and he defends your liberty. And that is exactly what you heard come out of the mouth of Linwood. That was not a self-defense mechanism. That right there is exactly how Christ defends all of us in a measured, thoughtful, compassionate even, um, sane, healthy, willing to get to the truth and help pull you out of a snare stance. That's how Christ deals with his froth-mouthed enemies. That's what he calls us to do, too. Pray for your enemies and bless those who spitefully use you. Mercer University, you owe Mr. Wood and the people of the United States of America an apology. We'll be waiting. Have a good night, you guys. Thank you.